I geek out about dashboards. I geek out about Supergirl. I geek out about eating. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Rachel. Hi, Felicia. How's it going? It's going great. I'm feeling very ladies helping ladies today. Yeah. I feel like the universe is putting some ladies out there for us to help and help be helped by. (laughs) And be helped by. (laughs) And we can help ladies. It's really just about all the ladies, which is what's not that we don't always have ladies on our podcast, but we this time we have two women. We have more ladies. We have more <laughs> ladies for your <laughs> listening pleasure. Yeah, we have Nancy Cremens and Lynn Zagami, and they are the co-founders of um, of She Starts. And it's important here to talk about She Starts and how it's different from She Geeks Out. <laughs> because, Tell me more. <laughs> because it is very common. It's not the same thing. It is not. So this is a common misconception for people who know of either or both of, of our groups. Um, so we tend to focus on women who are uh, in career, in the workplace. And She Starts really focuses on female founders. So we love She Starts because they support us because we're, we're female founders. founders. What? what? <laughs> We are, um, and but we talk a lot about um, about Silicon Valley, and but also I don't know what the Boston equivalent is to Silicon Valley. What the terminology is here, the innovation I don't know what it is because like I don't know if you know this, but in New York it's Silicon Alley. Oh, I did. I've never heard that. Yeah, I don't think Boston's got its own term, but basically they focus. We we talk a lot about the Boston funding ecosystem. Yeah, and it's super interesting. And Nancy was just published in Boston Magazine. So we talked a bit about that. that. And these are just their, you know, this is what they do on the side. Yeah, both of them are a really (laughs) high-powered woman. They come from the field of law. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're coming at this from a legal standpoint, but they started She Starts to help support, very similar to what we do, but again, just to reiterate, different communities, um, although there is some overlap, but we are not the same group. Um, But we love what they do. And we have definitely benefited from what they do. And we love to spread the word. So hopefully you will enjoy listening about what they do too. And it's worth mentioning that We Boss Week is coming up. um, So definitely stick around for that. If you are in the Boston area, it's Women Entrepreneur Boston. And so this, this wonderful episode should be coming out <laughs> right around then. And um, maybe we will see you at one of the We Boss events. Okay, now we are officially recording. Okay. So we, um, so as usual, this is Rachel Murray. It's Felicia Jadzak. I know. Apparently I we're doing last names today. You know today. what it was? Because I was listening to other podcasts and they always are like, they give their full name oh. and who they are. And we never do that. We're like, this is Felicia, <laughs> this is Rachel. And we are here with the lovely Nancy Kremens and Lynn Zagami. Thank you so we're much thrilled for to be here. Zagami. <laughs> I know. I like had to look. I was like, yes, I got it. So <laughs> I'm happy now. I can go home. Yay, great. You're like, and done. Interview my job. That now, was quick. So Nancy. <laughs> yes. I'm here. We'll just what talk do you to you. Like holding down the fort. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, well, these lovely ladies are from She Starts. They are. We are. Yeah. Among other things. Among, Among other many things. Among other she things. Starts, she Starts is like your like, side gig. 
because you have full-time jobs, which we'll talk about all of those things. But the reason, one of the reasons why we love you, other than the fact that you guys have a group that has the same first word as ours. (laughs) And Um, that we get confused for each other all the time. time, It's amazing. It's been a long time coming having you guys on here. So I'm going to stop talking and let you guys do the talking and say what you guys do and um, how you got to where you are today. We need so much time. Yes. I'll give you, we'll, we'll yeah, give, who we'll wants to go you, first? We'll give you the snapshot. Uh, so this is Nancy. Uh, I am one of the co-founders of She Starts, which has now been around almost four years. Um, and I am also the chief administrative officer and general counsel at a company called Globalization Partners. Whoop, whoop. Um, and a mom of two oh, yeah. amazing yeah. children. And we're going to get <laughs> more into oh, all, yeah. so many jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I am Lynn Zagami. My title with She Starts is Director of Community Engagement. Um, I had the good fortune of officially joining the She Starts team a little over a year ago. Um, but we were always been, really part of the team. Right. Definitely. So involved from the beginning, um, known Nancy from the beginning and longer. Um, and my full-time job is that I am the head of customer success at Shoebox. Um, and when I am not doing that, or she starts, I um, have a four-year-old. And I will say the very first um, She Starts event we ever hosted was the first um, networking event I went to after I came back from maternity leave. Wow. Oh. So good memory. Yeah. It was oh, very good memory. That's really nice. That was worth staying out until 834. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Party! Yeah, crazy. That's not like me. Yeah. <laughs> How did She Starts start? start. So it really was an attempt to fill a space that needed filling. Um, Before I started working at Globalization Partners, I was a partner at a law firm downtown called Gessmer Upter Grove, which is how Lynn and I know each other. Uh, And how we first met. And how we first met. All that goes way back. (laughs) And the space that Gessmer really served is the entrepreneurial community. And I experienced, you know, with the clients that I worked with tended to be mostly men. And as I got more and more engaged in the community, I realized that there are a lot of women who are in the startup space and weren't coming together, weren't necessarily feeling served by the opportunities that are are out there, which are many, um, to educate and support the entrepreneurship community. And that a lot of people who were starting up, a lot of women who were starting up felt isolated, felt like they didn't really have a place to go when they had questions, didn't feel any sense that they were fully belonging or of the community. And um, I thought that there was an opportunity to do something about that. And the reason for that was because women are underserved in the legal profession as well. And that's, I'm a lawyer by training and practice. And I received a lot of support um, by my involvement with the Women's Bar Association, which is an organization I've been on the board of now for 13 years. Wow, it's a long time. It's a long time. And you got even, on the board when you were 13 years old. That's yes. very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> we, we last. Um, and that provided me with a lot of support and place to go when, you know, I had court reporters calling me honey or partners treating me in a certain way or trying to figure out maternity leave or 
when people were asking me when I showed up for a deposition, whether I was the court reporter, you know, those sorts of micro aggressions that make you feel othered and how that can sort of build up over time and feeling like in general, in a law firm, you're probably one of few, but a community that brought the women together really provided a lot of strength and a lot of support Mm -hmm. in addition to providing, you know, sort of a great opportunity for cross-marketing, cross-referrals, mm-hmm. learning experiences, as well as having a mission of supporting women in the legal profession and in society. So I had that experience. I served as the organization's president now about five years ago. And so I had some expertise in doing that kind of community work. And so I figured, well, let me apply what I know and what I care about to try and support this community that I'm trying to serve mm. so I can serve them in another way. Mm. And uh, Liz O'Donnell, who's the other co-founder. I'm sorry, we only had four mics. She's <laughs> <laughs> here in spirit. She, always she and I have sort of the sh- shared feminist perspective and she served the startup community in a, in a different way. She's a PR executive. And so I said, okay, well, do you want to sort of help me organize? And we brought together somewhere like 30 to 40 women for drinks, snacks, and asked everybody to say a little something about who they are, what they did, and a problem they were having mm-hmm. to resource you know, their s- solutions potentially within that room mm-hmm. or to be connected to a, a solution. And we reached out to everybody who was invited, everybody who came and said, okay, what else do you need? How, wh- how else can we support you? And it just sort of took on a life of its own mm-hmm. from that point. Incredible. So what... Other, so you do events mm-hmm. um, primarily. You have a newsletter as well, and you you support you actively support other women founders through that and through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sort of jumping ahead because I'm curious because it's just me personally curious because I know it takes a lot of time, obviously, to do this. So, do you have thoughts on like what it's going to look next? like? Yeah. Wow, you really jumped I ahead. I did jump yeah. ahead. That's our last question. It usually is <laughs> our last question, but I'm so curious. <laughs> I want the answer now. <laughs> well, I, I think the the question is not one so much for us to answer. It's one for the community to answer yeah. um, and to be responsive to what what people need and what we can do and how we can best do that. Um, I think there seems to be an a gap to support women who are trying to scale their businesses and trying to figure out what our organization can do to fill that gap and provide more concrete technical skills and small groups of founders to be able to support each other on an ongoing basis. But we will have to see. Yeah. So um, to jump on that, can you talk a little bit, maybe Lynn, you can also um, provide some insight as to who is the community, mm-hmm. like like who makes up your community today? Where along the stage are they in terms of building out their businesses or is it a wide range? What does the average um, She Starts member look like? So they are um – just say more of there's such a thing no. as an average. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of diversity, and I, I don't mean to use that term lightly. Um, you know, I think organically, when you bring together women founders, there is more diversity in their purpose of their businesses, in the um, sort of the area of focus that they're in. Um, you know, because by virtue of being a woman founder, 
they are doing something different than we think of in startup culture. So this idea that, you know, you have to look and act like Mark Zuckerberg and build a software product that looks like a Facebook or something like that, you know, they're not that already. So the idea of going a bit further and being a consumer product or being a social impact company or doing something different is just, you know, well, why not? Because I'm already different. Um, And, you know, we see people who are generating ideas and planning to jump off from more traditional employment roles. And we see people who are just getting off the ground. And we see people who have raised outside funding, whether it's a seed or sort of a series A stage. Um, And, you know, and they really are. They're they're in a variety of different um, industries and focuses, and they they run their companies in different ways. Um, But overall, you know, we hear all of them saying, this is something that's missing, right? That generally speaking, um, when we think of startup communities, they have this very masculine, very bro-y sort of ethos to them. And and typically quite young. Yes. Yeah. And the average female entrepreneur tends to be older. I think I, there was a data point, I think it was last year, that the average woman starting a business was 39 years old and had two children. Wow. Which is literally what my mother did. You get to the point where you can't take the BS yeah. anymore. And you're like, I can, I'm just going to do get this out. myself. Get out of that race. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I remember this. Yeah. Like, and, and this is why she would say to me, you know, 37 was her favorite year because she just, you know, hit the point where it was like, okay, I've, I've done all the things that you yeah. told me. Yeah. I followed all the rules. It is still not working. Yeah. So I'm going to jump off and do something else. I can't relate to that at all. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I have no idea what that feels like. To dig deeper in, in terms of answering the question, we see women who are in their 20s, you know, like the mm-hmm. ClickBit founding team. Oh, yeah, still, in, still college. in college. Mm-hmm. To women who are on their second, third careers, mm-hmm. who are now finally at a point in their life where they have the the itch they have to scratch, this idea that they that won't let them sleep mm-hmm. at night. And, and now they feel comfortable enough to take the mm-hmm. risk to jump in and and start a company. And some are at very early stages. Some are just at idea. Uh, others are, as Lynn said, much further along, have raised outside funding. Some have, some haven't. As we know, that's its own challenge unto itself. Um, there, there isn't one vertical. It's across industry. It's consumer. It's B2B. It's the the common defining characteristic is that they identify as women. Mm -hmm. That is all. And to build on that, and we've had these conversations a lot about funding. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a lot, which we will get to the whole VC world. Yes. (laughs) And the lack thereof for women. But we, we talk a lot about the different types of funding. And would you say that the, 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 she starts community members are, more likely to be looking for that sort of that VC funding or the angel investor funding, or are they like, we want to build a customer base? And, you know, I think they're as diverse as the startup community is. Mm -hmm. I think you might see more, um, more of them trying to go the bootstrapped or crowdfunding route. Mm -hmm. Women Mm -hmm. actually have a lot of success um, in crowdfunding. So I think there's a bit more of a diversity of, 
approaches to what it's going to take to be successful um, and how to get from start to scale. Yeah. Part of that, I think, is the fact that we've been having this conversation now for several years that the environment for women startup founders raising money is not the same environment as it is for men. And so I think, you know, there's a bit of a chicken and egg problem here, which is, you know, yes, there's diversity in people's approaches around fundraising, but part of that is um, there sort of has to be, mm-hmm. right? Because the the environment is just different for them. The mm-hmm. stakes are, you know, things are more difficult, Um you know, they the mountain that they have to climb is much higher, and only a tiny fraction of all startups even take venture funding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and women who start companies tend to be smaller, and mm-hmm. in part that's right access to funding, and maybe it's other things, but um, don't tend to employ as many people. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we, you know, how do we address that mm-hmm. that gap as well? I think is an important question to have women think about when they're starting a company, mm. you know, think it, should you, can you think bigger than maybe where you're comfortable mm-hmm. and, yeah, we talk, ha- and how yeah. do we help, right? How do we help <laughs> yeah, with that? Yeah. And I think a big part of what we try to do is give people access to, to our network, mm-hmm. right? And how do we grow that, that investor network? Mm-hmm. So even if funding may or may not be right for you to have a conversation or several conversations with people who have expertise mm. about, you know, when they should think about coming back. Are they a good candidate for Angel? Are they a good candidate for VC? Is there, you know, another VC in the community who might be good for them to talk to or an Angel group or, or whatever it is just to get to get them on the path because your network is so important mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. And when you're thinking about people who tend to hold access to the cash – who tend to be the ones who are doling out the resources, they tend to look and come from certain places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And networks are closed environments. It's very hard to break into those networks. And so we do what we can to use whatever leverage points we have to kind of crack them open a little. Mm. Go for it. I feel like I've been asking a lot of questions. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, it's interesting because we are sort of like going all over our, our little uh, pathway here. Um, maybe Choose we can, your own adventure. I know. Exactly. Well, I always feel like it's always a little bit of therapy too with Nancy and Lynn because we're <laughs> founders. So they they have like, I've had these conversations with, with both of them about like, you know, the going the the pitch route the vc funding or mm-hmm. the angel investor funding versus just bootstrapping and um you know i, I think we both have very, really strong feelings about it but i love that you challenge it because you say exactly what you're saying is like helping helping women think bigger right and i think it's very easy to say well we're good you know we're r- risk averse well, we're socialized to, to yeah. say we're good yeah. right? we're, we are socialized as women to, to be, be risk averse right yeah. so so we are taught you know be careful, be thoughtful, watch what you're saying, watch who you might be offending. And because you know, the world is not a safe place. <laughs> right. And, and there's, we see these behaviors all over the place, right? You yeah. know, it starts when it's like, oh, maybe I don't want to take AP physics when I'm 15. Like, well, God, what are you going to look like when you're 27 and you're starting yeah. a company? Um, and this happens a lot. And I think this is where, you know, we've tried to be helpful both with sort of increasing people's networks and their access to people who can sit them down and say to them, hey, listen, if you go in to pitch an angel group and you promise them, you know, a certain return, that's actually not 
going to be useful because they're not going to see you as an investable company, mm. right? And helping people understand how those metrics work and how those requirements work. But more than that, I think there's a space for education around um, effectively coaching women to operate in the same way that men are encouraged to op- operate in these ways. You know, we always hear these stories about women who um, are looking at a job description and they won't even apply until mm-hmm. they can do 90% of the things on it. Whereas guys are about 50% and they're like, yeah, I'm going to be awesome at this mm-hmm. job. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> right. And it, it is the exact same ethos that transpires in VC pitches all the time. Mm-hmm. Um and guys will say, yeah, I'll promise these returns. Yeah, I'm, you know, going to have this growth in my customer base. Yeah, I'm going to make these, you know, this amount of revenue and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, and women are encouraged to be much more conservative there. And what it ends up doing is backing them out of eligibility for, you know, some of the funding that could really help them grow and accelerate their business. And what's really frustrating is, is that it's the onus is on us to change, yes. not the VCs. Yes. Mm-hmm. For now. Absolutely. Because <laughs> they have the thing that you want. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what what is the except data would suggest that they should think more broadly about what an investable company mm-hmm. might look like given what we know about how women are in terms of shepherding resources and mm-hmm. providing returns and their those risk tolerances mm-hmm. that Absolutely. we talk about not being a terrible thing when you're mm-hmm. the CEO of a company, when you're handling other people's money. Which yeah. I think is a perfect segue to globalization partners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you- let's, let's dig into sort of um, life beyond She Starts. Sure. <laughs> and we'll, we'll circle back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, we, so globalization partners, being the we now, yeah. is an international professional, professional employer organization. So what we do is we help primarily U.S.-based companies expand internationally into one of 150 markets, as many as they need, um, without having to set up a local subsidiary. So it's a plug-and-play solution for your global growth. And we do that with an all-female executive team. Yeah, and just to help help the the listener know who we're talking to right now. I had to write it down because you were listed as um, America's fastest growing business service companies, right? One of yes. one of on the services. Yeah. Yes. So we we were ranked this year as number thirty three on the Inc. five thousand list. Amazing. Um, a slight drop from number six, but those numbers are hard to keep up year over year. Um, we were uh, the Boston Business Journal's number one fast 50 privately held companies in Massachusetts. So the fastest growing yes. privately held company in Massachusetts. I tried finding that stat and I just had trouble with it. It's okay. The BBJ because- hides everything behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Their stats are impossible to track fine. down. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that was that was this year. Um, the company has received a lot of awards for a lot of things. We were named one of the best places to work also by Inc. So the mm-hmm. fact that we're tempering really fast growth with really good culture um, is something that I'm incredibly proud of. Um, And I think in part that's because we do lead from a place of feminine principles, like where we care about the whole person that shows up at work. And also, just to point out, all of those awards that you're winning are not prefaced by women-owned. No. Which I think is so important. Mm -hmm. That's a a good point. (laughs) Yeah, it's it is 
it's something that we mention because we think it's important. And I think it's also important that it's not important, right? That it, that we didn't have to get a special list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. We're, like, we're just, <laughs> we're on the list. Yeah. We, no or in many cases, we lead the list. Yeah. You know, Nicole Sahin, who's the CEO, um, was the New England Entrepreneur of the Year in the mm-hmm. services category this year. Um, and I, we do it, we do it well. And I think in large part due to, due to Nicole's leadership, but she's also done a really good job finding good team members to bring on board. Are they all women? The company is not all women. Okay. That's not the goal. Because when I look on the website, it looks like all women. That's that's just the executive, executive team. Amazing. But the exe- Which, <laughs> think about how the executive that, team is all women right yeah. now. But yeah. think about how striking that is to us that we're so used to seeing all, all men. Yeah. Yeah. Teams that even for a bunch of women who think about these things critically all the time, it's, it's surprising. Well, it's so to ingrained us. in us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you ever ever get dinged for not having a man on your executive team? N- not, not specifically. But it is important, I think, from a you know from a cultural perspective, that we not be homogenous. Correct. So yeah. while there isn't anybody at that top level, there are we we are not equally balanced, but we have a significant number of men on our team from the management level all the way down. Great. I did not know that. Yeah. I just had this vision of like basically the intro to Wonder Woman <laughs> is basically globalization partners. That's what it looks like. I, I'm in their office from time to time. Yes. Uh, that's actually what it looks like there. So we have Princess Buttercup in the office. It's amazing. <laughs> I joined the company uh, full, full time. I, I worked as outside counsel, um, but joined the company full time in May. And I was, I think... Last May. A few of us. Yeah, a year ago, May. Sorry, a year ago, May last year. That year year went a little bit fast. We were a little bit busy. (laughs) Uh, But I was, depending on how you count it, employee number seven, eight, or nine, or whatever it is. And now we're we're just approaching 50. Amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That is huge. Yeah. It's been been a trip. And it's great that you could do that. And she starts, I'm assuming that there's a lot of synergy. There, there is, and Nicole is incredibly. Nicole Sahin is very supportive of the organization and and is a big believer in the mission. So that's really helpful and and is meaningful to me um, that she wants me to make that space mm. to make sure that it continues to to exist. And that's a great example of helping to create this culture. Are there other examples that you think that when you mentioned? Well, she. She is just a person who's very involved. You know, she, she doesn't believe that people sort of have to live, breathe, and eat just work. And I think everybody shows up with more than just their their job at the mm-hmm. office. And um, people have, you know, Debbie Millen sits on the board of the Special Olympics here in Massachusetts. And Nicole, you know, we do fundraising, mm-hmm. participate in teams that do a run. We, we send our team to Rosie's place to serve lunch mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago um, where she supports, you know, with the company supports the women's bar association. Um, we made protest posters for the women's March <laughs> in the, in the office together. Well, it's funny because we had a talk last night actually at one of our community events and um the woman was the executive director of Tug. And so she was talking about mm-hmm. how volunteering really helps with employee engagement. And it's mm-hmm. actually very beneficial for everybody involved. And so it sounds like that's part of this culture that you are um, building over there. Yeah. So. And I think in large part because the the executive team is already so involved in 
the community that it's just part of the DNA of the company to continue to do it and to support other people I love you know, that. getting involved. I love that. And Shoebox yeah, also Lynn, your turn. is doing. <laughs> you do things. I do a few things. Yeah. <laughs> I go to work every more. day. Um, so yeah, what I, I run our client service team. Um, and what we do is uh, we provide a technology platform that startups use to manage their corporate legal activity. So the way I tend to describe it is, you know, our clients come to us either when they're incorporating when they're brand new baby companies, um, or when they are um, reasonably early stage. So there's a fair amount of overlap between the She Starts community and um, sort of the typical shoebox uh, client base. And they use our platform to do things like establish their stock plans, issue grants, um, hire employees, manage their cap tables, do early stage financings. And we, as a technology solution, sit at the center of um, that company's universe with them, and they use us to collaborate with their law firm, with their investors, their board members, their employees, sort of all those people who care about the success of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, we we came out of um, an experience where an M and A deal um, sort of revealed all of the inefficiencies and the you know the hiccups that come along. Um, as a company grows, when you are sort of doing things the old-fashioned way mm-hmm. by paper, and where everybody has access to different information, and people are not um, using some sort of technology solution to gain visibility into what's going on with the company, mm-hmm. um, and where the company doesn't have control over those things, mm-hmm. you know. And so Nancy mentioned that we work together at Gasmer Aptigrove. Um, I'm a corporate lawyer by trade. I say I'm recovered. Nancy's not recovered. I am fully recovered. Uh, thank God. I tried to not have you be recovered. I know. Almost. Like, like people, I get asked a question here and you there know. and I, I push back. Um, but my last couple years at the firm, I um, I was in this role that I created that you know dealt with client service and marketing and business development. And I would hear from our clients, right, who are mostly startups, and they would say, you know, okay, this is great. You guys are startup focused. You're more cost effective, all of this stuff. But, you know, there's no space where I can work with you. And I use technology in every area of my business except for you. It's a brick wall when mm. I get to my lawyers. Um, you know, and why why do you own my cap table? And it's my company. It's my equity. And I literally had no answer. Um, and then I met the guys from Shoebox. And I said to myself, oh, you guys are the answer. Mm. Um and we are an awesome team. We're about a little over 30 people now. Um, and I'm very fortunate to work in a company that is run by a white man who gets it. Mm. Um, you know, we we are very thoughtful about the people that we bring on board. We're very thoughtful about the way um, that people, you know, are supported in the office. We have um, a team of, you know, totally different personalities and people who are coming from different countries and different backgrounds. Um, we joked a lot that I was the first extrovert that the company hired. Um, <laughs> that's that's one of our ways that we're diverse. Um, it's actually a thing. Um, and it, <laughs> it's true. You know, it yeah. There's a reason my desk is literally in the middle of the office. Oh my God. Um, so in meetings, is it just like you? It's the, it's the Lynn <laughs> show. Um, I try actually not to make it that way. Um, but, you know, there are times when, you know, we've, my role is is pretty public. Um, 
you know, I'm the person that our our clients deal with. I I manage a lot of um, our relationships with with law firms and with um, different accelerator and incubator programs. And you know, I my CEO Jason Furtado is you know is very technical. Um, and so it's it's a really nice balancing act when we go out into the community that we've got someone who is really really proficient technically and who has a lot of um, you know a lot of clout there. Um, and then someone who kind of understands how the, you know, how the legal market works, how mm-hmm. the, that tension between startups and their counsel um, operates and, mm-hmm. and how we fix it. Mm. Agreed. And you are doing something for female founders. We are. So this was, um, and I know we'll get into this, right? This conundrum that we all have of, holy cow, what do we do about the fact that um, women founders just have a rough time when it comes to both access to capital, right? And then the treatment that they get um, when they're in those meetings, et cetera. And, you know, we had an opportunity to co-sponsor an event uh, with DLA Piper, which is one of our partner law firms out in California. And we had been saying to each other, our leadership team had been tossing around ideas for um, supporting women founders and other sort of groups that historically had been told, you know, ah, startup, it's not really for you. Right, because you don't, you know, you're not young, you're not white, you're not male, you didn't go to Stanford or MIT or Harvard, um, you're not upper middle class, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, and we put our heads together and said, okay, we're gonna go out to California and go to this event, and we and DLA are both gonna announce programs where um, we will offer special discounts for women founders. So for us, that meant. Um, any company that has at least one woman founder can get access to the Shoebox platform for free for a year. And yeah, Wait, Let's you guys, we didn't know about Let's, this. Uh, we did. We actually yeah. tweeted oh. about it. <laughs> Rachel was one of the first people to tweet about it. It was amazing. I was I was I on the plane to California, this. and Rachel's like sharing this everywhere. I was so excited. Um, but yeah, any. I think the only reason why we didn't is because I think that you focus on. Is it C Corp? We are. We are Delaware that's, Corporation. That's yes. the reason why we're not. Um, yeah. Because right. we are not. We are Massachusetts. Um, sorry. Right. But, <laughs> and, and really, I mean, the the underlying purpose of it was, you know, we as a company, as a technology platform, support entrepreneurship. Our goal is to make that easier for people to reduce the friction in running your company. And, you know, one. We know that there are certain groups of people by virtue of what they look like or where they came from or sort of what their background is, that there's even more friction. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was, okay, well, how do we make that easier? How do we reduce that friction um, and try to level the playing field mm-hmm. among some of these groups? And it was just such a natural thing. And, and you know, like I said, our, our team overall is diverse. Our leadership team is diverse. Um, but this was totally supported and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it – there was zero resist. Everyone thought it was a great idea, mm. right up to, to Jason. What did that feel like? <laughs> oh, it was so Thanks, amazing. Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're the ones who asked the question no, I, here. Well, I like Nancy like, did it in this very soft way. That it's because she knows things. <laughs> I drink that I know things. <laughs> we, we know things about our history having... Um, like it's it's not an accident that I referred to her as, as my partner in crime when we were at Kesmer. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's amazing. I mean, it is amazing to be a woman on the leadership team of a startup that is run by a white man, and you know, whose leadership team includes other white men, and they get it. Yeah, right. And you see the impact that that has. I mean, we've gotten such a really amazing response to that offer and just putting it out That's into the what world. I was that's great. Within a week, there were four companies that came. Oh, that's great. And we're like, yep, let's get on. How do we do it? 
Um, and the support sort of on social media. I mean, we, I wouldn't, I don't think it technically qualifies as a tweet storm, but there was some activity. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was solid a, tweet drizzle. I was going to yeah, say a, little, a, little a tweet schwitzing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was something. <laughs> I love that. So, um, Let's talk about how Nancy was in Boston Magazine. Oh my gosh, I know, right? Can I just say I was getting my hair done <laughs> at the salon and the top magazine was about, it was, the sign was like, we'll work for 83 cents on the dollar. And you of know, course the cover was pink. pink. Of course, of course it, was pink. it was pink. And I was like, ooh, this sounds like something I should be reading. And then I open it up and there's Nancy's face. Boom. I was like, wow. In the wind tunnel of the seaport, no less. I love it. It was great. So tell us about the article and how you got in it and what your thoughts are and all of it. How much time do we have? We have we have time. So <laughs> how did it come about? Uh, People can always fast forward if they really yeah, don't want to hear it. So <laughs> Sarah Green, who, was the, who wrote the article, um, had sent out an email to her network mm. And somebody who received it forwarded it in my direction. And I actually had met Sarah before through um, through Whitney Johnson. And she said, you know, this seems like something you might be interested in commenting on. <laughs> I feel like that's every article written about sexism that ever ends up in one of our inboxes. That's so funny. I actually feel like, Nancy, you, it would be any article about anything, I feel like. <laughs> but I have, I have thoughts. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> so I I emailed um, I emailed Sarah back and said, "Look, I'm happy to talk. I'm happy to provide you references to people to give you my perspective based on kind of where I sit, you know, as a lawyer, you know, working with with female entrepreneurs, as an activist, as an advocate, um, you know, whatever you need, I'm happy to help. You know, Boston Magazine is going to do an article on, and this was before." things were starting to break in Silicon Valley. Um, so, Oh, that's really interesting. So the interview happened before then, even though the did. timing of it coming mm-hmm. out it was, could not have been any I better. Suspect, I, I suspect they they fast-forwarded the release date. They probably. <laughs> and I'm not sure that that was going to be a cover, cover story. <laughs> of course, I don't know any of those things. Yeah, it's uh, a fair but, guess. Uh, but I, I think that if, if I were in their shoes, I would have done the same. Yeah. Um, and we had a call, and I gave her my unvarnished thoughts on a whole host of things. I think a big part of the issue is getting people comfortable talking about their experiences mm. and to call it what it is, right? To get comfortable saying, yes, I'm a feminist. Mm. Yes, I have been discriminate- discriminated against on the basis of my gender in my career over the course of my lifetime, you know, and talking even to enlightened male friends to say, I would wager every single woman you know has been touched at one point against her will. Mm. Just to think about that. Mm-hmm. And we admit because we're trained to minimize mm-hmm. because the world is not a safe space. And that that means physically touching. It also means being belittled, you know, those things that you just take in over time and feel like you have to, you just have to get through it because calling it out labels you as aggressive, as edgy, as a troublemaker, as, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I can't believe, you know, they would make that into such a big deal. And so 
and I referred Sarah to a couple of other people, including Rebecca Pontikas, who was the other person whose photo was in the article. Ah, yes. I know Rebecca. Um, she's a plaintiff side employment lawyer, does a lot of uh, gender-based discrimination cases. Mm. And I've known Rebecca for, man, about 20 years mm. uh, through the WBA, through the mm. Women's Bar Association. We've sat on the board together for a really long okay. time. So she obviously had thoughts on the subject as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it cuts across... It cuts across the human experience. Right? It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much education you obtained. It's one of my critiques, I would say, of the article is that it didn't incorporate. Now, granted, she only had so many words, and uh, but didn't incorporate how race and gender play together to make it harder for women of color. Mm-hmm. And that if you, you know, going back to the callback issue all of the stories or many of the stories that came out about women founders who were mm-hmm. being, you know, harassed, you know, being yeah. physically assaulted, more likely were, were women founders of color. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's a big part of the story um, that didn't, that didn't get told, you know, we're, the white women's experience is not the universal experience. Like what? I come, <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, like, yes, I was featured in the article, but I am a woman of significant privilege. Yes. By virtue of the fact that I'm a white woman with an upper level degree. Yeah. And with a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And that makes it safe for me. Right. To talk about it. And that makes you an ally also to be able to talk about race. Yeah, except well, it's, not can, my, it's not it's my not my story. It's not your story. Well, yeah. but you can leverage your privilege exactly. to help yeah. other people to say that there's a story that needs to be told exactly. by someone, not me. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So complicated. <laughs> um, and this this wasn't one of the questions that um, that we had given you ahead of time, but I don't know if if uh, anyone's had a chance to read the the Ellen Pow. Article that was one the of the cut. articles that was sent to me four times. Yeah, it was also because, same. Because Lynn, you care about sexism. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it's related in that, you know, she really goes into very specific detail about her experience. And I don't think she had done that before. And it was um it was very powerful. And um, and I think I think it's something trying to tie things back together, but I yeah. do think it's it it's a, those are stories that need to be told. And because men, particularly men of privilege, don't see those stories. They don't know those stories. Mm-hmm. They don't maybe don't want to know them, may, maybe don't care about them, but they need to be told because there are men who do care and do want to know but don't see yeah. in the same way because they don't have to. Yeah, and I think that's – we see this sort of in the investor community too that is sort of um, – a recognition that they want to be better and they want, they acknowledge that there is a problem, right? With, that there is say a funding gap and that there is different treatment to female founders. Um, but there isn't a lot of knowledge or really understanding of how to be sort of a better participant in that system um, and be more thoughtful about, you know, say a pipeline of an angel group, right? You know, this that excuse of oh well all the people coming to us are you know sort of look and feel this way so or, or that they need to be a warm referral before right. they'll get looked at right so it goes back to the closed network problem yeah and i think this is sort of some of the tactical advice that um you know we try to give at some points when we have the opportunity is 
there are literally different ways of operating in the world that will help solve some of these problems. And the the pay equity piece is a big piece of it. It's just everybody needs to be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to realize that there is a problem, be given tools to address the problem, um, and feel comfortable participating in that solution. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, even getting there, and I think this was useful that the article pointed out that you know, we as a state sort of think of ourselves as this liberal bastion of, of equality and all these things. We're so progressive and all of this stuff. Um, but, you know, but we're not particularly awesome on this front. Not um, on gender and definitely not on race. No, absolutely. And, you know, and, and really, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who was, you know, some woman who had kind of gone up in, in the ranks in her career and who didn't experience something along these lines. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And and I absolutely and it is I could not agree with you more and, and it is heartening to see that the city and the state are addressing some of these issues they're they're working hard I think now to sort of yeah. play catch I think up. The, the pay equity legislation yes. um, was was significant I can say that um, this is a shout out to the WBA and actually my colleague Nicole Forbes she sat on the pay equity task force to help what? write that legislation and because she's amazing she yeah. is amazing so cool. she, yeah. I love Nicole Forbes all the Gesmer so. alums doing amazing things yeah yeah, yeah they all abandoned poached <laughs> poached she said it not us <laughs> I said it you I, said Nancy said I, I poached her uh, for the globalization partners team happy to do it any day uh but you know just to go back like what yeah. was on the front of the art the front page was 83 cents on the dollar but Latina women make 55 cents right. on the dollar. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. we, we yes. can't keep correcting for yeah. the small gap. Right. Yes. We really need to be correcting for the big one because yeah. if we fix the big one, everybody's going, yeah. everybody's everybody gets fixed. Wins. Yeah. Right. Like everybody wins when you fix the, when you fix the biggest disparity. Absolutely. So how do you, how do you really focus on the right number and how do you really focus on the right policies? Yeah. I think, you know, getting people to stop asking about salary histories mm-hmm. is a good, actionable step that you can do, right? Yes. It's something you can actually accomplish. Absolutely. So how do, what are other levers yes. we can pull? And it's great too that the city is uh, working with the AAUW to do those negotiation workshops. Mm-hmm. Salary negotiation workshops and, mm-hmm. the, and the pay and the compact. And the compact, yeah. which yeah. we are signers of. We are. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> And of because, course, you know, we have huge issues in our company <laughs> on pay equity, on gender pay equity in particular. Yeah, yeah we have other issues. But yeah. Participation matters. It, it does. Um, and also, of course, we are advocates. The, the support for women entrepreneurs, Boston. We yes. Love. Yes. Yeah. Out of, out of the, the mayor's office, Kara yes. Miller doing amazing work over there. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So there, I think that there is, it seems like there is a concerted effort and it's great that she starts is also, you know, in that space too. And I'm glad that you mentioned we boss, because that is something that I want to talk about before we get to our sort of standard okay. questions. Do it. So we boss is happening in October. Yes. Yes. The 16th um, to the 20th. That's right. Correct. Yeah. And are, you are hosting two events, two events. Do you yes. want to talk about, I, I guess we should talk about, so we boss women entrepreneur, Boston and Kara Miller and the city of Boston. Mm-hmm. They started this two, three years three, ago. This is, it'll be its this third, 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 year. third yeah. year. And it's a week of events that are specifically for, uh, to support women entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And so they, we boss yeah. is, a f- it's, it exists all the time. Um, and is a resource for women who are starting companies, whether it be a brick and mortar or a high growth company. Um, 
to provide them access to resources. And uh, it was really launched by the first We Boss Week. Now, and this that was now three years ago. Uh, that was, as you say, that week of events and trying to sort of gain momentum on those those weeks with continued programs and and knowledge sharing and access to resources throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our focus, you know. There's a variety of different stakeholders that come together and hold different types of events. Like there's a mass innovation nights that happens um, typically as the kickoff to the week that features all female founders. Mm-hmm. And there are different sort of stakeholders that, you know, orient their events around what they are great at. So you'll see Golden Seas doing office hours and things along those lines. Our, you know, one of the biggest questions that we get asked most often is how do I approach investors? How do I find them? How do I prepare myself for success when I'm in that room. And so our focus has always been on the fundraising process um, during the week. And so what we've done is a sort of funding panel, and I put panel in quotes, you can't see that on a podcast, (laughs) Um, because it's not really a panel discussion in the way we think of them. It's a variety of different funding sources, individuals representing those funding sources, talking about what they do and who their target audience is Mm -hmm. and why someone would go to them. Why would you go to an angel group? Why would you go to a VC? Why would you- Go to the SBA. Exactly. Go to the SBA, things like that. Or how do you run a successful crowdfunding campaign? Right, exactly. That's the the one I couldn't remember today. (laughs) But- (laughs) Collectively, uh, one brain. (laughs) Exactly. And, um, And then have those people break off into small groups and talk with the people who are interested in that type of funding about what they do and how to prepare themselves, et cetera. Um, last year, we introduced an investor speed networking session in advance of that. I remember um, that. Which is, was really successful um, and um, a bit of a rodeo to manage, but we do it. We're fine. Um, We're good at goat rodeos. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> we, we both have small children. We can, this is nothing um, for us to manage. Um, and and again, it's it's that feeling of women founders coming to us and saying, you know, gosh, my network just doesn't include these people, right? I didn't go to HBS. I, you know, I, my dad is not a member of that country club, whatever it is. Um, and I'm, and I'm nervous. What do I say? Right. Yeah. I'm afraid to reach out as with a cold email or a cold yeah. call. So you, you know. give people five minutes with 10 different investors and that's a whole lot of value that they're getting. Mm-hmm. And most of them are normal human beings. Yes. Most, yeah, it's just a matter of putting all. them in the same room. <laughs> in a, most, almost all, um, you know, in facilitating that conversation, right? Breaking down those barriers between the two groups. Um, so our plan is to do the same thing this year, um, and then because we're gluttons for punishment, the very next morning we host a breakfast. Yeah, um, I love your breakfast. We like to be very efficient. With Everybody our loves planning. the breakfast. The breakfasts are great. You've had mimosas at your breakfast. We do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we may try again because it's Friday and it's yes. the end of the week. And right, we might be in desperate need of some and champagne. And it's a great way to, to end. Yeah, the week. lubricate. We lubricate. <laughs> we social week interactions. Will, yeah, it, it does wear you out. Like by Friday, there's there's just a lot going on, and so and we do the breakfast most months, right? So you at the very beginning, you pointed to sort of events and things that we do. And that that was sort of our bread and butter for the longest time was... Um, it's actually their bagel and cream cheese. Oh, I mean. excellent hey, point oh, with mimosas. Hey, <laughs> um, what, you know, is we do evening events that are s- focused around you know, content and education and sort of getting, giving people an opportunity to network and learn things, always told through the lens of, you know, we recognize that the founder journey and the startup journey is different for women founders. Um, our breakfasts are really popular. We don't do content, right? We want people to increase their networks to meet people that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, and it's, 
you know, we hold them for an hour and a half and we, people are there routinely 30 minutes after we end. Yeah. Um, we leave them there. We just, yeah, <laughs> we, we just, we just walk work. away. We, do that, too, so yeah, we, we do that too. So yeah. no worries. <laughs> we got things to do. Yeah. But so this, this year in, during week last week, we've got Thursday night, um, that we'll do funding things. Um, and then Friday morning we'll do breakfast. Funding options for Excellent. your business. I love, love that. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Maybe we'll, we'll attend this one. That would be great. Yeah. If you attend, we will have mimosas. It's not a Tuesday. It's not a Tuesday, so we might actually have a chance of going. Well, we do not have time for all of our fun questions because we have been spending valuable time on On other fun questions. Other good stuff. So So you can alternate. What's not fun about hard work? I mean, spoken like a true woman. (laughs) Well, I think we should just um, start with start slash maybe end with um, what each of you geek out about. Yes. Mm. That's our favorite. Oh my God. This is such an easy question. For me. Do you want me to go? Do you, or do you have yours like at the ready? Um, so <laughs> I feel like if nothing at the ready. Yeah, you are jet lag. <laughs> um, I feel like, so if you've known me for more than 10 minutes, which all of you have, um, you know that my first career choice was actually to sing on Broadway, um, which is what I took my liberal arts degree from Smith and moved to New York with. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> mom and dad. So literally, as, as evidence of my geekiness, yesterday was um, one of the Hamilton pre-sales that they do, right? You get on this list, and you're allowed to go this. in. Yes. So you're allowed to buy eight tickets, right? And this, mind you, this is, so I, I bought two for a friend. So the, the asterisk on this is two of those tickets were allocated for a friend. But yeah, six tickets were allocated for me and people I love to go. People to you see. love. People I... Oh, <laughs> damn it. Nancy keeps creepily, by the way, like adding things into what Lynn is saying. It's hilarious. We've known each other too long. I just have no idea how this is going to translate in the podcast if people are going to be like, I need to take this ear this earbud out of my ear because Nancy's saying things. <laughs> yeah so people who are close to me um and i this will be time three and four that i go um and yeah basically i'm just like all the musicals all the time i love it yeah. so hamilton's number one right now for you so hamilton's number one like a number all time so all favorite time. old school musical yes, chorus line i did it oh. in high school i freaking love that show we were just talking about yeah, this we the were. other day yeah. did you see the documentary on a chorus line which was so meta no it's so meta it because is, everyone's yes, like i really need this job yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they sing i need this job exactly right. um great like so it, it actually is a toss-up for like they Rent was like the musical I grew up on, right? Like some of our, not maybe not our parents, um, but people a little bit younger than our parents grew up on hair. Right? Mm, and that was very yeah. sort of cultural thing. Rent was mine. I, I, I'm pretty darn sure I saw it about a dozen times on Broadway. <laughs> um, but Hamilton is absolutely like the best, like of the moment. I still have to and see it. You, like you just, it's, it's just, uh, it is just a piece of art that is beyond mm. comprehension. That's what I hear. And I'm nervous because- yeah. The hype is yeah. so yeah. high. So this is why. So yeah, I saw, the I, first I time I saw you. it, I I made it under the wire. Like the original, I saw the whole original cast, and oh like two God, months, yeah, like amazing. two months before they all left. And I remember like feeling so much pressure to prepare myself because I was like, I cannot waste this two and a half hours of my yeah. life. And it was almost a little bit more fun the second time because I was like, I've been here, I'm good. <laughs> like I know these people, I yeah. know they're you know the second round. Yeah, um, but it's it's astounding regardless. The, of, the only thing that's making me feel confident that I won't 
feel like, oh my God, this has been overhyped, is that I did see Book of Mormon in Boston after all of the hype. Yeah. And I thought it was amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's, that's my fears because I saw oh, it and, and I was underwhelmed. Of, oh, you were oh, underwhelmed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, well. Not high, high bar. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. All right. Nancy. Lynn, your turn. No, Nancy. Right. No, not Nancy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a rough day. It's been a long day. It's the end of the day. Although this I had no jet lag. This was I struggled with this one. That's why really? I talk so much about Hamilton yeah. to give you time. Uh, oh. I, I, I know, and I still well, struggle to answer the question. Yes, that's sort of an obvious answer. She's gesturing I, I to my water to bottle. Water I have, I have Wonder Woman geeked out bottle. about Wonder Woman since I was a little girl running around in my Wonder Woman underoos, which I now <laughs> own in adult size. Um, oh my god! Because that's, that's a thing hilarious. you can have. That's because it's 2017. Because it's 2017, and you can really have anything that you want. Um, so yes, I totally geek out about Wonder Woman. Do but you know about the socks actually with the, the yes, with the cape? Sure do. Okay, good. <laughs> sure do. Now I um, do. I have a yeah. lot of Wonder Woman paraphernalia yeah, in, we, my, nice. in my. We've given those out as raffle prizes yeah. before. Yeah, they were very popular. Very popular. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry. What is uh, what's the other thing that you want to say? The other heart? thing that I geek out about, I geek out about with my daughter. Um, we like to watch American Ninja Warrior together. <gasps> Ooh. We were also just talking about this. Yeah. I'm amazed. Yeah. Does that just amaze you? Is that why? Yeah, it totally amazes me. And especially, you know, every year more and more women yes. are involved mm-hmm. in Ninja Warrior and and killing it. Like Jesse Graff is my daughter's my daughter's Wonder Woman right now. She thinks that she's totally amazing and she wants my husband to build us a, an American Ninja Warrior training <laughs> course in the backyard. Amazing. That, she's like, Mom, my daughter Gotta is. Gotta start early. She's six. She's- <laughs> um, but she says, Mom, Mom, you you and I, we can be the first mother-daughter Ninja Warriors. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, I hope I can fulfill those expectations. Because <laughs> it's not hard. It's not hard. Totally. We got it. I yeah. literally, my abs hurt just like watching it yeah. so she's like that one looks hard that one doesn't look that too hard that one looks really hard i don't think we can do that one i was like well you know they couldn't do it the first time either my god as someone who's like attempting to do an actual like chin up or pull up just one <laughs> just one i've been practicing now for like months and i've still not achieved this mm. i think it's safe to say that i personally will not be an american ninja warrior but it is amazing what they do to, i don't have bodies. high hopes for myself yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm your daughter. Though. I'm not going to discourage her. Yeah, she yes. got it. She's, she's doing this. Um, she... She's doing Ninja Kids this year. Is that year. a thing? It's a thing because everything is a thing for kids nowadays. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, but in lieu of gymnastics, that's what I was going to ask. Can did I she do, do gymnastics? She did. Yeah. She's, well, so she's, she's totally going to totally. crush it. So yeah, yeah, yeah you're set. It's great. Yeah. You could just kick back when all she right. gets all that sweet, sweet American Ninja Warrior cash. Retirement plan. Thanks. Well, uh, um, we are at time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, really? That's we wrap it? up. All right, I know it's such up. a bummer, but we got really things fast. to do okay. beyond podcasting. Just for the record, Imagine Felicia that. did rap on the table that time. Oh, because <laughs> we're done. I'm very sad. I think we have time for just one more question. Just one. Yeah. Yes, we are good. We are good. We. I promise you, we are good. We we have a thing in 55 minutes. I think we will. Which are, okay. We will make go, it. Go for it. Um. So I want to know what your favorite podcasts are, because I'm assuming you mm. listen to podcasts. Uh, I love Cricket. I'm into Cricket Media's podcast, Pod Save the World, Pod Save America, Pod Save the yeah. People. Popular I'm lately. like a new right convert, now. but they're yeah. great. Yeah. 
That's, I, really I think them. I'm afraid to turn away from what's happening in the world because I'm. Af- it feels like it's careening off course. I don't know what you're talking about. No, my only issue is that they don't come out daily. I'm like, I, I need daily. I, like, I, I was in Ireland last week and I was like, I need, like, I need it's, more it's podcasts. Too much, I can't too get much access has to the radio the or, or local television. <laughs> um, if you need something, a filler, because if they're not every day, Rachel Maddow is a really good sub in. I also mm. like the startup podcast. Yes. Yeah, classic. I was going to say the startup podcast is, is definitely one of the best that I've heard. Um, also because the name of the company is my favorite cocktail. Um, <laughs> really? So yeah, Gimlet, hundred percent. Otherwise, I, I I like I like Hidden Brain a little bit. I'm sort of a social science geek too. Um, but I honestly don't listen to as many as I would like. Yeah, I think I hit, sort of hit a point where I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I can always squeeze in so a TED good. talk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ted, like the TED app is yeah. very useful in that way. It's um, kind of overwhelming right now. I just feel yeah. like there is there's, there's so too much, much out there for our ears. There's yeah. not enough time. Um, and speaking of not enough time, Felicia, I just love it because we're both very time focused. So and I so I feel you. I appreciate you keeping <laughs> us on time. But uh, Lynn, Nancy, thank you both so much for coming yes. in. Thank you for thank having you. us. We're so excited about all the work that you're doing. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Mutual love. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. (laughs) Check us out at She Geeks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.